0: Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. We're in week three of Simplifying Sin. This is the last week of this series Uh, I told you it's leading us into Easter, which is next week. And I want you to be praying that God sends the lost. We want to minister to the lost on on Easter Sunday of this year. So um, the first week of this series, I told you that the one thing that we all have in common is sin. Everybody in this room, we all have sinned. We're all born into it. No one is exempt. Sin is the great equalizer in humanity. And we looked at two men that Sunday that encountered Christ. One in Luke chapter 18, one in Luke chapter 19. Both were very rich men. Two men that are drawn to Jesus. But we see two very different responses to his presence. One of these men left the presence of God. He couldn't stay. He left the presence of God. The other allowed the presence of God to change him. Romans 3, verses 23 and 24 said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. If sin is the great equalizer of humanity, then the cross is the great equalizer of sin. And then last week, I told you that when it comes to sin, Satan has two strategies to mess you up. First of all, he wants to try and separate you from the presence of God by your sin, just like he did the rich young ruler. He wants to separate you from Christ. And if that doesn't work, then he wants to convince you that you have the ability within you to reconcile yourself to the Father. Now, a church like ours is made up of wonderful volunteers, people that love to serve the kingdom of God. And man, we appreciate it. We could not do it without all of the wonderful volunteers that we have here at this church. But never, ever try and work your way into salvation. Never try and work your way up the corporate ladder in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work like that. Last week, we returned back to those same two guys in Luke chapter 18 and Luke chapter 19. And and we saw where the rich young ruler trusted his works more than he trusted Jesus. And when he couldn't complete the task, he walked away from Christ. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, did not have time to trust in his own abilities because Jesus looked at him up in a sycamore tree and he said, hurry, come down, let's go to your house now. And so he didn't have time to rely on his own abilities. And I told you that when you trust in your own abilities, eventually you will not be able to do what needs to be done. But when you rely on his works and you rely on his righteousness, it's then that you are reconciled back to the Father. The best churches on the planet are not the churches that have no sinners in them. But did you know that there are some churches that they actually believe they have found success when they don't have any problems Are any sin problems within the church. There are many churches that look at it. And some of you right now, you're thinking, well, wouldn't that be the sign of a successful church that everybody's walking in victory? No, the best churches on the planet are the ones that swing the doors wide open to sinners. These are the churches that say, come on in, we've been expecting you. We want you here. Here, have my seat. no pastor's wife is the only one that said amen right there because you don't want anybody sitting in your seat, do you? <laughs> I have had people from other churches in our community stop me in public, and they say things like, they say, man, we see Facebook posts and, and Twitter uh, you know, uh, posts, and, and, and it seems like sometimes that, that every week y'all are seeing people saved. What are y'all doing over there? And I'll be standing in the coffee shop or somewhere, and I'll just politely smile at them, and I'll I'll always give this answer. Praise God. God adds to the church daily those who are being saved. I just quote Acts back to them. Because I recognize that it's not us. It's not Destiny Community Church. It's not DCC. It's God that adds to the church. But I also know that God will only send unbelievers to churches that create a welcoming environment for sinners. And what that means is it's going to get messy sometimes that when you open your doors to sinners, it's going to get messy sometimes. You must be willing to wade through the mess of people's mistakes and mishaps. Some of you know what I'm talking about because when you walked into this church, your life was a mess, but yet nobody shunned you. Nobody pushed you away. And you walked in here with with all of your preconceived notions. You walked in here with all your baggage. You walked in here with all of your mess, but yet the church still opened its doors and said we want you to be a part of us come be here be here with us we want you here if your church is squeaky clean on the inside i doubt that you're making a difference on the outside and this is what the church needs to understand about our calling it's time that we stop being a social club and we actually realize that we are to go and make disciples. And to make disciples, we've got to open our doors and say, we want you here. We want you to be a part of what we are experiencing. And next Sunday, I pray that God sends us some messed up people, people that need Jesus. Amen? I don't want a bunch of Christians here next Sunday. I want us here. Don't get me wrong, so, you know. There'll be like three people here next Sunday. You said you didn't want us here, Pastor. (laughs) We need to be here because we need to be celebrating on Easter Sunday what our risen Savior has done for us. We need to be celebrating the resurrection. But don't you be mistaken, church. We also need to open the doors and we need to pray that God sends in those that are lost, those that are messed up, those that need Jesus so that they can come here and they can hear the Word of God. A man wanted to impress his friends with his eye for art as they went to an art gallery together. But in a rush, he forgot his glasses and and being nearsighted, he, he couldn't hardly see his hand in front of his face. He figured that he could probably just wing it with some abstract comments and observations that he wanted to make, things that he had said about paintings before. And the day was going pretty good until he approached a certain frame and he began criticizing this particular picture. He would say things like this, why would anyone want to paint something so hideously ugly? I mean, I am sure that it's a true rendering of the object, but why would someone want to waste time with painting such a disgusting subject? And everybody around this man was laughing. And that's when his wife leaned over to him and she said, John, it's a mirror. (laughs) When you can't see yourself clearly, you will become a very judgmental person. It would do some of us some good today to actually stand in front of the mirror and say, God, show me. Show me where I'm lacking. Show me where I'm not like Jesus. Show me what needs to change inside of my heart. Have you ever noticed that we often judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions? We do. We judge them by what they did, but we know our heart and we know we didn't mean to. It wasn't intended, and that's how we will judge ourselves. Exposing someone else's sin, it doesn't make you a saint. And Jesus talked about this. And so I want us to look in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus confronts the issue of dealing with other people and their sin. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus shares some words here with the crowd that is following him. It's a wake-up call. This is one of those moments where it's not easy to listen to what he's saying Nevertheless, he's speaking. He's speaking to them. He's speaking to us. And so Jesus says these words. He says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, and you pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Mother Teresa once said, if you judge people, you will have no time to love them. But if you love people, you'll have no time to judge them. My family likes to watch the TV show, The Voice. Any The Voice fans out there? Anybody? The rest of you are dumb, but we watch it in our household. Um, No, my family likes to watch the TV show, The Voice, and on this recent episode, they introduced us to this young woman by the name of Tamar Davis. She's a 35-year-old from Houston, Texas, it was interesting as they kind of played the, the video lead-in to her, her performance because she was an original member of the girl group Girls Time that would eventually become Destiny's Child. She had competed with them on a TV show that some of you will remember, Star Search. Anybody remember the TV show Star Search? She competed with them on that, but, but she left the group before they had the opportunity to really make it big. But it didn't stop there. As the package rolled, there was more details of her life and the chances that she's had to make it big. She was a backup singer for Prince for a while and was even nominated for a Grammy for a duet that she sang with him on one of his albums. She also worked with Tyler Perry in one of his movies. When they rolled her intro video, by the end of the video, I immediately thought, no, no, absolutely not. You've had your chances. What about all of these other people? These people that they sing in a coffee shop somewhere, or they stand on the street corner and strum their guitars for, for tips as people walk by. No, you've had your chance. And the voices for amateur singers that need a break, not someone that's had all of these chances like you. And I felt myself becoming angry at the TV as I'm watching. Watching this can you tell <laughs> this is good release for me it's been a rough week man it's just good release for me one of the interesting aspects of the voice is that the judges can't see the person they don't know anything about their past they can't see what they look like they don't see their appearance they only judge them on their voice in that moment during the audition rounds It's one of the things to me that separates this show from all of the other shows, talent shows that are out there. And it got me to thinking that if we're not careful, we will judge people by their past and never give them a hope for a future. Even though God does. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. But sometimes the church becomes so angry with sins of the past that we will not extend that opportunity for a hope and a future into somebody else's life. We perform an injustice to the grace of God when we judge people because of their past mistakes and failures. Isaiah 43 and 25 says I I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins Hebrews 8 and 12 says for I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more I praise God that at the moment that I gave my heart to Christ that God no longer judged me by my past but now he judges me by my potential I thank God that he doesn't hold my past against me, but has great expectations for who Rocky McKinley can become. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus, in this illustration about the sawdust and the the plank in the eye, it's interesting to me that Jesus uses the same material for both parties involved. When, When he says... Why are you so worried about the sawdust in their eye when you've got this wood plank that's sticking out of your eye? He said, this is what you need to be concerned with. Quit worrying about them. Don't judge them. Deal with this right here because this right here is what you need to be concerned with. And he uses the same material. This is very important that he uses the same material because a speck of sawdust in one person's eye is, is in the same family. It's the same material as the plank of wood in the other person's eye. He's not comparing apples with oranges. He didn't say, why are you concentrating on the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when there's a slab of concrete sticking out of your eye? He didn't say, why are you concerned with the speck of concrete in your brother's eye when you've got this scrap metal sticking out of your eye? And it's so important that we understand why it's, it, he he would choose to use the same type of material sawdust from wood and a wood plank. It's so important that we understand that he is comparing apples with apples. He was saying, "Don't talk about their problem with gossiping when you're the one that's always running your mouth." I tried, Gene. I did, man. I did not want to preach this right now. I tried. Or, or maybe he was saying, "Don't tell them that they need to eat healthier when you're smoking two packs a day." God. Don't confront their cheating when you're the one having inappropriate conversations at work with a coworker. But I also want you to understand that Jesus didn't say, "Ignore their sin. He didn't say totally ignore the sawdust that's in their eye. That's not what he said at all. And sometimes we we misconstrue what he said because he didn't say ignore their sin. Listen to verse 5. He said, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. He made it very plain, deal with this right here first. Get this right here fixed so that you can see clearly to deal with the speck of dust that's in your brother's eye. Not ignore their sin. He just said, deal with your sin first so that you can help them effectively remove their sin out of their life. When will we realize, church, that our current struggles and pain have the potential to be tomorrow's testimonies? I know this, there is not a better life coach on this planet than someone who has been there and done that, dealt with the same issue that you're dealing with. Apples and apples, not apples and oranges. That's why there's organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous that the best sponsors are people who have years of sobriety under their belt. And this gives the people that they're sponsoring the hope that they too can one day be made whole and they don't have to struggle with this anymore. Whatever you have been through and whatever you have struggled with, God wants you to use it to help someone else. He wants you to use it to give somebody else hope. And that's why it's important that we recognize it was sawdust and a plank of wood. It is apples and apples. The problem with some of us is that We are trying to walk through these open doors and we're trying to help people, but we can't walk through the door. We keep hitting the doorframe with the plank of wood that's sticking out of our eye. This is why you have to fix this first, then let the door swing open. And that's when you'll realize God can use you because you need to develop a testimony in your life before you try and tell anybody else how to fix theirs. Whew, good Lord. So I want to simplify this. I'm almost done. Let's simplify the difference on how we should deal with our own sin and how we should deal with their sin. We should be aggressive in judging our own sin and gracious in judging the sin of others. When it comes to to our own sin, we should grab that Band-Aid and just rip it off. But when it comes to theirs, we need to make sure they're ready. And, and at times, we might have to peel it off slowly. We should be aggressive with getting the plank out of our own eye. And very gracious with getting it out of their eye. In our house, we have this, uh, this method of removing dust. Or if something is in somebody's eye and they can't get it out. To where we will hold their eye open and we'll blow in their eye. Anybody else do that? It's probably horrible for your eyes, but that's how we do it at our house. And all of us except Caleb need glasses. But but that's because he's a big sissy and won't let us blow in his eye. But can you imagine me just walking up to Mandy and realize you know she's got something going on with her eye, and I just I just walk over there and I'm like, oh, you know. You know, let's wash that thing, you know. Can you imagine how I mean, how abrupt that is? How hard that is? Freak her out. Sometimes when I'm backstage before early service on Sunday morning, I have to put my microphone and the battery pack in my back pocket. I know sometimes I'm walking up on stage and some of you see me messing with my butt and you're like, His butt always itches, you know. <laughs> I'm just messing with the battery pack is all I'm doing. I had to work this in this morning so you would know I'm not scratching my butt. <laughs> no. And so I'm backstage and I'm, I'm getting my battery pack set and my microphone on and stuff. And, and there's moments when when I'm putting my jacket on and stuff and my collar gets flipped up like this. And I don't realize it. Because here's the strange thing about this right here. Is that... I can't see it. Even right now, I can't see it. If I left it like this long enough, I would forget about it. Because I can't see it. But everybody else in the room knows that there's a situation here. Everybody else knows that I look like an idiot when my <laughs> collar flipped. At least I didn't turn it inside out like I did one Sunday. Pastor Andrew often sees me sitting in the back room and I'm usually sitting there just trying to get my thoughts together before the service starts and looking over my notes and he'll he'll walk in and he'll he'll say, Hey, your your collar's flipped up and he it's almost like I don't want to touch you, you know, that kind of thing and your collar's flipped up and he's he's real good about, you know, letting me know what's happening. But can you imagine, Josh, just, just come here real quick. Just come here. Just aggressively walk up and fix my collar. Can you imagine if I'm not... Can you imagine? Can you imagine how this is going to go down? I'm going to put him in some, you know, mixed martial arts, arts uh, arm bar, you know, submission hold, and I'm going to have him crying like a baby before it's over. It's, it's my awesome. sermon. Shh, 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 Don't Don't speak. But can you imagine how different it is when he gently approaches me, explains to me what's happening? Hey man, you got something? You're calling your colleague? Oh, right for yeah, you. yeah. Thank you. you. Look good. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, bro. You look at me. Appreciate it. You're doing a good job. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Listen to the podcast this week. You get to hear it all over again. <laughs> Do you see how different the approach is? And sometimes with people's sin, we as a church, I'm not talking about Destiny Community Church. I'm talking about the worldwide body of Christ. We as a church, there are moments when we too aggressively approach somebody else's sin. You know what the Bible says? It says that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to the unbeliever. It's foolishness. They don't get it. They don't understand it. And God's word prepares us for that. But imagine if we took that second approach and we walk up to them and we say, hey, I love you. I don't want you to walk out there and look like a moron. I want you to let me help you. If we would learn that approach as a church, as the body of Christ, we could change more people because somewhere in there, it, it's the love of Christ. It's Ephesians 4 speak the truth in love, and it helps people mature in Christ, is what it says. Sin and dealing with sin in people's lives, it's not as hard as we make it out to be. But man, we try and be so hard with it, don't we? It's difficult. It's tough. It's messy. Because we want people cleaned up immediately just like that. That's what we want. Because when they're cleaned up just like that, we don't have to deal with their mess. Why don't you come live a week in my office? We are called to bear each other's burdens. That means we are called to deal with each other's sin. Maybe some of you are here today and you're thinking to yourself, the, the church has just completely alienated me. Maybe you're thinking, I know there's some things wrong with my life, but I just don't like their approach. I want to give you an opportunity today. Gently, I am approaching you in this moment and saying, because I love you, I want to help you. And it's not up to me to clean you up. That's not my job. My job is to lead you to Christ and then allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever work He wants to do in your life. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.